2: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: This is Dirt and Sprague. You know how fast you are going? What? How fast you are gone. Hours. 65.
1: 63. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague.
4: you got to understand that I don't come up with this stuff. I just forward it along. You wouldn't arrest a guy who's just delivering drugs from one guy to another.
1: Dirt and Sprague on 1080.
5: Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me?
1: The Fan.
5: First All right, welcome back first, in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080, The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2. An old-timey AM radio, 1080 AM. You know who's a big fan of the AM radio? We like
0: to listen to AM radio. Yeah,
2: (laughs) you're
5: damn right we do. You're damn right we do. It's
3: the best. It's the greatest. Nobody's ever had better.
5: Uh, Thank you for hanging with us today. We always appreciate when you uh, are able to catch the show in any way, whether that's podcasting, YouTube, uh, live, two segments, one segment, the whole show, whatever you do. However committed you are, we appreciate it. We also want to say thank you to all of the fantastic listeners said it yesterday before the event even started. Thank you to everybody that came and helped and and uh, hung out with us out at Tualatin X-Golf and Vancouver X-Golf. Danny and Dusty show, Isaac and Souk. They got Barrett for an hour. It was um, a blast. I missed the interview live. I have basketball practice last night. So I'm parsing through the interview trying to get some nuggets that I can pull from it. But we appreciate you guys coming out and hanging out with us at X-Golf and participating in our first Fan Winter Golf Classic. Uh, Great success is what I was told, and an event that we want to tweak, look to improve, try to make better for next year so listeners can come out again and have a good time in the winter when it's too damn wet and too damn cold, they want to go play golf outside. Uh, We have a giveaway, heads up, uh, that we didn't get to yesterday, so we'll get to that today. And we've got Talia von Ohlhofen, a guard for your Oregon State women's basketball team. They got a big matchup, Stanford tomorrow, and they face Stanford when their head coach set the record. And I want to know, like, it sucks to lose a game. I'm sure you're pissed. Is there a part of you that goes, ah, "I was involved with history"? Yeah,
1: we were part way. of history,
5: not in a good way, Wrong but you're a part of here.
1: history. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll talk
5: payback. with we'll talk with Talia von Olhoffen at 7:30. Uh, kick off the second hour of the show. Your Portland Trailblazers did not win a game in the month of February. Oh and nine. Oh and nine, Bob. They lose to the Miami Heat. They had a double digit lead last night. Not that that matters that much in the NBA anymore. And then DeAndre Hayton sprained his hand with an awful, just nasty fall with Kevin Love, and basically they crumbled after that. Ayton's been probably one of the few, if not only, bright spots of this team for the better part of a few weeks. And he goes out, and what happens? Well, nothing. Portland's not very good, even Miami with cranked
1: it. up the defense. They shoved everything to Anthony Simons, who rebounded with a good first half. He hit, like, his first three threes. Yeah. And then they just said, okay, we're just running everybody at him and daring somebody else to beat us.
5: And that's what you got to do when Portland is sitting like this. It, it is one of the things... I. I have been a little underwhelmed with Ant this year, but it is absolutely a thing you have to admit out loud. Is like sometimes he's on the court with guys that you don't, you've never heard. Ashton Hagens is on the court with him, and you're like, uh, yeah. I, I hope that guy can hit a Shumani shot.
1: Kamara was the, the go-to guy there for a little while. He was the only one getting buckets for yeah. a minute, and he didn't and even shoot that good a percentage. Bless him, and I love his effort and his hustle and doing all the little things, but if he's all of a sudden your number two option, that's not a good it's thing. It's a bit of a problem. Um, two
4: threes
5: last night.
1: Yeah, well, that's few and far between.
5: No, he
4: doesn't hit many. That, that was more of a a, hey, a positive that doesn't happen very often for him. He was trying to be the thorn in the side of Bam out of That didn't go very well either. Um, hey, hey. Max effort by Haggins, though. I'm trying to find the positives in this season, and if the Blazers are just going to take the final 20 or so games or whatever just to look at young kids like this, yeah. hey, find 1,000% effort guys like Haggins. Bring
5: them in. I don't mind giving him a run. Well, here's the thing about them. I would assume DA is going to be out now. I don't know what the
1: timeline is. I guess they need to see if any, if Bones are broken, it's going to be out for a while. The, if it's yeah. just a sprain, then... The swelling will go down. Then they'll figure out how much pain he can take and how it affects him shooting and rebounding.
5: We'll see what they do with Malcolm. Uh, Danny has talked about Jeremy Grant as a guy that's been dealing with some nagging injuries that maybe he'll eventually get shut down. I mean, this thing is already bad with some of these guys playing. It's only going to get worse. And what's interesting to me is Richmond said this on his pod, and I, I, I've I agreed with it for a couple weeks now. If you can't tell based on how I talk about the Blazers, mm-hmm. It it's one thing to be tanking, Schultze and to be aiming for draft capital. Okay, yeah. that's obviously important here.
4: Maybe in a draft that doesn't matter. But uh,
5: sorry. Yeah. yeah, but well, we'll that's see not, about that. It's beyond this year, too. Obviously, there's a I couple interesting prospects in this draft, and they're right in the sweet spot of being in a position to get them if things can fall their way. That's also, fair. Golden State. Yes, they won last night against Washington. Paul's back. Maybe they stay in the plan, but they're they're right on that line, and yeah. and we have their pick. What I'm what I'm more interested in is this is part of rebuilding that people I don't think talk enough about. It's 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 okay to say, look, this run didn't work. We're gonna restart. Okay. I may disagree with the take. I think Dame could still do it with certain pieces. That's fine to be okay, we're moving on. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people talk themselves into, all right, now we're rebuilding. Now we're going to go get the pieces at the right places at the right time, the right timeline. And you can say, yeah, that's well and good. And you look at some pieces, you go, well, that's a little different. Oh, I like, I kind of like that piece. But largely your takeaway this year is that this was an awful season that was lost. You didn't, what did you, what have you accomplished? I think is a very fair thing to be saying out loud and i said it a couple weeks ago jabari might be the brightest spot yeah. that is even cratered a little bit in the last couple of weeks and jabari might be dealing with nagging injuries this is the part of the rebuild that's tough you do need to evaluate talent right you do need to draft the right players at the right positions but you can also go through moments where you lose an entire season and you have no takeaway there's not an opinion on shaden sharp after this year there's just not no you can't have one and that's what sucks is you have you have lost seasons in that way and so what are you going to do next year? You're probably going to be terrible. If we're being honest, you want to be terrible next year. If you're going to be terrible for this draft, you're probably going to want to be terrible for next year's because it's a little deeper. And, oh, by the way, we want to capture the flag. We want Cooper flag in Portland. So does everybody else that's bad. And that's the thing that sucks about rebuilding and how you kind of get stuck in it, right? It's it's always been the thing I've added. When, when Danny says on our pod or his show – you don't want to be the process Sixers. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You also can be the Kings. And I think the tough thing about rebuilding is you think you're rebuilding and it's going to be rebuilt in three or four years. And I keep hearing, I heard it for yesterday from Will, OKC, OKC. All right. How's that worked out for Charlotte? How's that worked out for Detroit? Yeah, they hit the Detroit. lottery in OKC. Well, yeah, they, they got a player that was good and took a ginormous step to first-team All-NBA in a trade. Against a very leveraged, desperate team that had to win now, and so they were willing to give up piece that maybe didn't, they shouldn't have are we going to do that? Do we have... What is the piece on this team that makes a team give us their SGA? There is none. See, at this point, the
4: Blazers, they, they, we knew that they were going to have a rebuilding season, but this has almost turned into like an extended version of the preseason. You just don't know where they're going. They acquired certain players and then, oh, they signed Jeremy Grant before they traded Dame, but then decided, oh, no, we're going to keep him because the market's not really looking like we're going to get a good return for him. So you just wonder where the Blazers are. They're essentially in limbo. They haven't developed a a lot of talent besides Jabari Walker. Shaden Sharp hasn't been on the court enough. Chris Murray looks like a total bust so far. Everybody thought he was going to be his twin brother, Keegan, but he doesn't have the offensive skill set so far, at least in the NBA. Went over five from three last night. He's like averaging two a game. So you wonder like, oh, where are the bright spots beyond Jabari? You just don't know. And where are the Blazers going this season? Nowhere. It's literally a season in limbo and a full version of the preseason with these players that they thought they were going to bring in for a certain reason that ended up turning into something else. Now we're sitting here still with Brogdon and Grant on our roster. As a Blazers fan, you're wondering, all right, are we better right now? No. So where are we going? And and I ask the same question, where are we going? What are we doing, Joe? This isn't a rebuilding season. This is a preseason season. season.
5: Well, they go into next year and the argument between the fan base in some ways is like what year is this of rebuild and someone says, yeah you're one dame's gone okay you're three of losing though and season ticket renewals around the corner and it's is gonna get ugly and it's not gonna get better and are you gonna entice those people who just signed up thinking you were building around dame because you told us you were putting the chips in the middle are you gonna entice those people to renew because they're gonna want a discount and if you're not gonna offer the discount, I'd imagine they're going to lose some people to that. Uh, it, it's just it's it's a tough spot, and it's not that they can't get out of it. It's just it's hard to see it now. We are in the middle of the what, are they, what is that old saying? It's hard to see the the forest through the trees, right? You're in it. It's hard to see it. You're in it right now. Whether they they get back there in two years or three years, I don't know. But they suck this year. This is the third year of not being good. They're not going to be good next year. That's going to be year four. Even if you get a Cooper flag, and I God, I hope that they do, you'll be optimistic at that point, but that they will be bad that season, his rookie year. That will be year five. You will be at almost a – you'll be at the halfway point of a decade of people's lives keep telling us, no, 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 we're figuring it out. We're building it. It's going to go the right way. And, and eventually it just kind of falls on deaf ears. There's been some moments and times this year that have felt optimistic and felt great. But for the most part, this—it's just—it's unfortunate because injuries have derailed a lot of this. It's true. But that again is the—that's the difficulty of rebuilding. You draft these young players, you get these guys, and they don't stay healthy. You can't evaluate it, and then you have to think, well, w- what if he's not this next year? Then how do I feel about him? Like, what if Shaden is kind of what he was this year? Next year, stats-wise, that's not good. Well, I I think they're gonna have to do like a like, where are we going with Shaden? Scoot and ant. They still haven't made a decision on that, even though I think they're gonna choose Scoot. But okay, Scoot can't shoot very well. There's just there's so many elements of it, and it's easy to say, yeah, we need to rebuild. Willing with Dame was done. It wasn't gonna happen. All right, cool. Not every team rebuilds and rebuilds successfully, and that's kind of the point why rebuilding in Portland can be very, very difficult. And just sitting where they're at right now, it's it's tough because injuries are derailing a lot of this, but that's the gamble when you rebuild. You're already bad with the guys. Now they've gotten injured. Get ready for that Blazers 2028 playoff run, baby. Woo! 2028. That's <laughs> so far. That sounds... My daughter will almost be done with
1: high school at that point. I could easily be a grandpa by then. <laughs> I, I'll probably <laughs> wow. have a kid by then. Yeah, I'll four, be a yeah. dad. You're going to be a grandpa in four years. Yeah, yeah could... She'll be 27. Hey, it's yeah, it right
5: in there on that age, isn't it? Yeah. Damn, I didn't... God, Lee, that makes me feel old because I met him when he was just like a little youngster in high school. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's... Uh, I, I like... I'm still watching every night. I'm still trying to personally see how I feel about this stuff. And sometimes it's day to day. But I, I think it's okay to highlight how dangerous and risky this stuff can also be. You want it to end well. It doesn't always end well. And that's the part of the rebuild... That's difficult. We got a lot to get into. Talia Bono often will join us at 7:30. Uh coming up next, Dirt and Sprague, it is 7:15. Back with more on the fan.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better
0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
5: Talia Von O'Hoffen will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. A quick heads up. Text the word FUNK, f u n k. To 503-864-6326 now to interview your chance to win tickets to the Parliament Funkadelic featuring George Clinton at Crystal Ballroom, June 14th. Uh, you can head to 1080thefan.com for complete details, but text the word FUNK to 503-864-6326. You can get uh, get down, get boogie, do some mushrooms and acid with Jason Swigard on June 14th.
1: He's going to be there. Unfortunately, I will be uh, at the Hops. Hops have a game that night.
4: Ah, you can't skip there, a game to go see
1: George Clinton. I've got to skip some other ones for vacation, so I can't. How uh, dare you? I can't. How just, dare uh, you disrespect George Clinton on barley and uh, and KL and the crew?
5: I'm disappointed. I wanted to see you out there <laughs> Look, with uh, your Rasta masta hat. And
1: uh, yeah,
5: having a good time.
1: Nobody. Yeah. Right.
5: Uh, interesting one here. <laughs> Look, I. Uh, this conversation is always. Some people are like, "Oh yeah, the Blazers still suck." breaking news yeah i know i am shocking (laughs) winless in february well deal asked an interesting question at the vancouver ford text line at 503-864-6326 since 1994 so keep that in mind 94 would you rather be the orlando magic or the portland trailblazers if you're a Mm -hmm. fan of a team where you at on that? Now I did say I think I choose Magic. They got to a finals uh, in '95. Yeah, they got swept by a team. But they had Shaq and Penny, Shaq. and that was fun. And then it ended. And then, then they ended up getting Dwight a few years down the road. And then, they, nope. well, they went to a fi- What Do you mean no? They went to a finals and pushed it to six against Kobe. Yeah. Hey, why are you mad? Since '94, how many finals the Blazers have been in? Dan Dwight Howard. Okay, uh, should have resigned Shaq, man. Uh, well, that would be none. Okay, thank you. Uh, so you can hate Dwight Howard all you want. hes I, I still think he should have been in the top 75 players because at his peak prime, like three time defensive player of the year, unbelievable. And then they sucked for a while, and now here they are again. Now they're not a great team this year, but they're surging as a young team with the right pieces. Having a Palo Banchero, a Wagner, you know, a Suggs, like having all of these things, they, they may have righted the ship a little bit and get back into winning and competing. You also have to acknowledge you missed the late Blazers' 90s, early 2000s team. That was fun. And then it, boy, that Should boiled over. Should have got to a final. B-Roy Aldridge runs, yep. right? Some memorable moments. And
1: then the Dame Lillard decade. Couldn't win a
5: first-round matchup in that run. And then you get Dame Lillard with LA. That ends. And then it's Dame CJ. And so, like, there was some fun moments there with the West Finals yeah. appearance. Yeah, you miss out on memories. But I I, I want this team to win a title. I, 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 I've I, always held on to a lyric by J.C. years ago where he said, moral victories are for minor league coaches, exactly Mm -hmm. how I view pro sports. I understand sometimes you got to restart or you got to change directions. I don't want to wait six, six, seven years to win again. I want to win. I want to watch the team win. Now, that doesn't mean be a first-round team and get out, but there are other teams in sports that they're just aggressive. They're hyper-aggressive. They'll do what they can to win and win now. And so that's kind of where I reside. I understand where they're at. Again, injuries have derailed most of what this year is, but who knows where they're going from here. I hope that they can hit right on the draft pick, and I hope Shaden can play more than 30 games next year. hope
4: in one hand, spit in the other. Tell me which one fills up faster
5: there, Sprague. This is literally where we are as Blazers My fans. hand is full of hope here, Schultz. <laughs> I have to use two hands with all my hope. It, I'm how much does hope that hope weigh? Every time I watch this team get blown out God. or lose or lose a lead... I'm sitting on my couch eating hope pie. Yeah, yeah, that's
4: what the Blazers have been feeding us for the last 15 years, is hope pie. And I guess for that reason, I'd probably rather be an Orlando Magic fan. And and if you're asking in the context of like, well, in 94 and now, yeah, the Magic are better. But throughout that time, the Blazers have almost gotten there. We can talk about that frustration, but they have. They've been closer, I would say, outside of the 94 finals. They were very close at least a couple of times. And, and they were never getting there in 2017 with Dame or 2018 with Dame in the Western Conference. Conference finals. They just they could not get over the Golden State Warriors, but overall, they have had a much more talented team. And I think that kind of leads into more of the frustration that Blazers fans are dealing with. It's like, why are we so bad? Why are we here? Why don't we have a Palo Benchero to pair with Dame? What the hell happened?
5: Sometimes it's luck. I mean, yeah. they, they were, this was the worst thing local scribe Ben Golliver could have reported out from the draft lottery process and i i he did his job i'm not actually calling him out but the worst thing that we had from him was that he said we were one ball away (sighs) one number away from having victor winban and at that point you keep dame yep because you got wimby and dame and like that's that's what's happened it's not there are obviously other things management uh you know has changed the last couple years and the previous management, nobody liked that guy. And coaching has been polarizing even now. And then with stats and, you know, before that, what have you. But it's also just incredibly bad luck. I highlighted yesterday, Schultze, how we always get the the sibling of the lesser name. Yep. Seth Curry, not Steph. Yeah, Chris Murray, not Keegan. Not Keegan. Yeah. Uh, you know, Harvey, not Horace. Robin it Lopez, just, not Brooke. Right. It's just <laughs> we, That's that. In a nutshell, that. It's not. There's a lot of other things but also, just luck sometimes in the NBA has to go your way, and it hasn't. It. And injuries have obviously played a big part. They're not going to win a lot of games. I will be, I will actually be surprised if they win 20 games this year. I think they're in that 15 to 19, and they're at 15 now. I will be stunned. Oh, not stunned. I'll be a little surprised if they win more than five more games. I'd put money on that. Le- Twenty games or less. I
4: think that there's a twenty-two and a half game bet right now. I, I don't know what the money line is on that. The over/under
5: I- was at and a half, 28 when the season started. Uh, yeah, now it's down at twenty-two yeah. and a half. I think I'd still bet that under. Uh, yeah, yeah, well. People texting in uh, things that we made mistakes on. Zach Collins instead of Bam. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah,
4: the Nolan Smith instead of Jimmy Buckets also instead of Kenneth Fareed after they promised to <laughs> draft Kenneth Fareed. Yeah.
5: God! I was mad about that in the moment. Kenneth Fareed wasn't that great. He was good for six years. Six years? Yeah. And then, uh, then the NBA the changed. Manimal. I think he was good for
4: like two or three. Yeah, power forwards were still good at that point. Now wrong. they're just stretch fours and he doesn't matter.
5: Uh, we will get into uh, some NFL draft combine stuff, but coming up next to Leavon Ohoffen, guard, For your Oregon State women's basketball team, they got a big game tomorrow against Stanford.
2: We'll talk with Talia von Ohlhofen for the Daily Ticker. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Mm-hmm.
6: in this wide world of sports, some
1: stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about and some you haven't.
7: How do you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad.
1: It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan.
5: Swag, I don't know how this is going to go. i got to be honest with you, I'm a little nervous. Our guest, von O'Hoffen, stud player for Oregon State, women's basketball is hopping on with us and i'm nervous because the last time i had a player on from this team i was pretty jacked me and my family went to their ucla game but the last player i had on was reagan beers she was jacked for those games against ucla and usc we were four rows behind the hoop where it happened my seven-year-old watched an elbow land on reagan beers nose broke her nose and I felt just, I, I don't know why, I felt responsible. So, Talia, I, I'm a little nervous here that you coming on the show might be a bad omen, but you guys did end up winning the game, thanks in large part to your shot-making abilities in the final four seconds.
7: Yeah, yeah, hopefully everything goes well this weekend. Uh, thank you for having me.
5: Absolutely. How's the season going for you?
7: It has been really fun. Uh, we've got a great, great group, and we've done some, Pretty cool thing so far. So just looking forward to finishing up the Pac twelve this weekend and then heading to the tournament.
5: What have you uh, what have you learned? You've you've been in Oregon State. What have you learned from when you got there to this point? This season's long. You guys start basketball in like late October, you get games going in November and December, and now it's it's almost March. The mental side of going through a season has you've learned what about that so far in your career?
7: Yeah, um, it's just, it's a really long season. I mean, we have one of the longest seasons in in all sports. Um, So what we have to do is not easy. So I think just coming in every day with the right mindset and and talking to yourself and just finding all the little things that that work for you and allow you to um, be at your best every day and and stay consistent. Um, I wouldn't say it's any one thing, just just figuring out how to um, stay consistent in your mindset and leadership and how you're how you're approaching every day I think I think is the, the key part
5: well Reagan does pottery I think your guys's day off if I'm if I have this wrong then correct me but I think Reagan told me she does pottery on Mondays what do you do on your day off to mentally get away and unplug from it for just a few hours a week
7: yeah um I have a couple a couple of my best friends um one's our manager and then um one's just a regular student at Oregon State so I I hang out with them a lot just to kind of kind of get away from basketball and and all of that. So it's definitely good to have people or things outside of outside of sport that you can kind of use to to escape for that day. Um, but yeah, usually just hanging out with them, doing different things.
5: Talia von Ohoff and our guest here, Oregon State has Stanford coming to town. Now, you guys, you played them a few weeks ago, and obviously that didn't go your way. And I I know this might sound like a dumb question, if it is, throw it right back at me, but you lose obviously you don't want to lose and it just so happens to be the game that their coach sets the all-time wins record like weirdly attached to history in a way that you don't want to be.
7: Yeah, I think um, playing at Stanford regardless of, of the situation is really tough um, and then and then you add you know the weight of that game and, and what it meant for history and, and how bad you know their team wanted that win, um, and it it made it pretty pretty tough for us. Um, Their point guard played a great game. Uh, One of their bigs had a career night, um, which is what it took to beat us. So um, they definitely just outplayed us that game. But I think we came back um, learning from it and had a few weaknesses exposed um, early in the season that we were able to address and I think it only made us better. So I'm I'm excited for the second go
5: around. I said uh, we were at that UCLA game and I, I said on the show that it, it's probably one of the greatest moments I've ever seen in Gil Coliseum. I just to have what four lead changes in the final eight seconds of a game like that. And I know that was a couple weeks ago for you at this point and you've moved on, but to have a moment like that, not every player gets even one of those ever in a college career I, you had USC a couple of days later, and that was your guys's first game really without Reagan for the full thing. But you know, how long do you kind of sit in what that moment was for you against UCLA?
7: Um, I think I took I took that night for sure to kind of relish in it. But then, like you said, we had USC coming in Sunday, and uh, in this conference, you can't you can't relax, you can't blink. So it was kind of on to the next. But it was definitely super cool to have a moment like that and in a pack to Gill. It was surreal, and obviously looking back at the last couple minutes, it was, you know, one of the most insane basketball games ever. So, um, it's definitely cool to be a part of that, and and to see all the the recaps of it, and all the videos, and the reactions, I think, were my favorite part. So, that was really cool, and um, you know, it's just, it's not, it doesn't hold as much weight as people think, um, just that one game, but it's definitely gonna be something that's
5: cool to look back on in the future. Talia Von Olhoff and our guest here, Oregon State, getting ready for Stanford tomorrow. Big game for them as they fell to Stanford on the farm a couple weeks ago looking for some payback. Now you guys have been out one of your best players. What have you what have you noticed about your team? I know you guys have lost two of your last three here. To me, has played pretty well. What have you noticed though about your team and areas that you guys are looking to shore up? I don't know if Reagan's gonna play. I guess I could ask you that, too, if you know she's going to play against Stanford or where she's at timeline-wise, but what have you learned about your team just in the last three games, having to kind of play without somebody like that?
7: Yeah, um, we're hopeful that she can play this weekend. Um am not 100% sure, but I think, yeah, it's definitely been a learning experience. Um I think that first game without her we got we got killed on the board. So that was something we had to adjust to and then we went to Pullman um and did great rebounding. So um I think it's helping us clean up some weaknesses and, and we're only gonna be stronger when she gets back. Um uh, but just been working on you know, screens. Reagan's a great screener, so um that's something we've kinda had to adjust to and obviously she can get really deep position. So um just countering, you know, not having her presence in there. Um, has been a challenge, but I think I think it's only going to be good for us in the end, and and we're growing every day in those areas. So um, hope to have her back soon. But I think I think it's only going to benefit us um, once we have her back.
5: Who do you hear more from about maybe a game that you play or a season and the way it's going? Who do you hear more from? Your sisters, your mom, or your dad? Because you have quite the athletic pedigree background in your family. I'm curious who's the one chiming in the most, texting you the most, maybe calling you to talk about something they saw that you did or didn't do. Who is it in your family the most that's talking to you about the way things are going in your season?
7: Um, I would say probably my mom, but I think overall at this point, they're kind of more just, just fans and supporters. Um, and don't, don't talk too much about, you know, the X's and O's and all of that. Um, kind of just in my corner whenever I need them, I would say, but, um, It probably probably my mom I talk to the most.
5: And what does she tell you when she watches you play?
7: Um it it depends on the game, I think. Um it's definitely, you know, less critical than than growing up and in high school I think she's kinda taking a step back at this point. It's more just positive and encouraging. Um and she comes to all the games so she just she loves it and loves to watch And, and my grandparents come too, so it's just really cool to always have them there. Women's basketball
5: I'm having a moment right now. The uh, the gr- the game is growing a lot. The tournament, we got a tournament up here in Portland this year. You guys have a great resume. I don't I don't know how all that stuff's going to shake out, where you're going to go. You still have a conference tournament. You still have some games in the regular season, so I don't want to get too far ahead, but it feels like the anticipation of of women's basketball, college basketball this year, the fervor's never been higher. You got great players that get a lot of notoriety, and then you have great teams like you guys who are just tough. You you, you know, you you're pretty complete. Your perimeter game's locked down. If Reagan comes back, you got it locked down on the inside. Just how you're feeling about where college basketball is for women and the excitement of the tournament that's looming now that the month of March is right around the corner.
7: Yeah, it's super cool to see, and I think there's been more parity this year than ever. Um, So super good for the game, for sure. Um, But I think it's nothing new. I think we've just turned more heads, and and social media has has helped the game grow, but you know it's it's the same thing that it always has been. So I'm just I'm happy that people are are taking notice, and we'll continue to give them to give them something to watch, give them something entertaining. Uh,
5: I would be an idiot if I didn't ask you this before I let you go, Talia, because I appreciate the time. I know it's really early, maybe not so much for you, but a lot of your teammates would probably say this is a bit early to be talking about anything. Uh, <laughs> We're trying to currently buy your jersey, and there's. Last we checked, they were sold out online. We can only find shirts. Who do you? Who do I need to talk to to get you to talk to somebody to restock the jersey? We want a Von a Olhoffen Von jersey in our house. We can't find one right now.
7: I, that's a good question. I don't know. I know they got the the shirts with my jersey on. Them. Uh I don't. I honestly, I don't even have one. I've never seen a jersey of mine for sale. So. I'm not sure who to talk to about that, um, but we That's, definitely definitely need to get you one. It's nil. It's this
5: nil. Period. This is time for you to go talk to somebody. Like, yo, get this money right. What are we doing here? <laughs>
7: I don't know. I'm I'm locked in. Maybe maybe in the off-season,
5: I'll deal with that. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck against Stanford, and thanks for hopping on with us this morning. We appreciate the time. Good luck the rest of the way, and we look forward to seeing if you guys turn this around a little bit. I know you guys are on a skid, but you're a great team, and I'm sure you'll do well. So thanks for hopping on with us this morning. All
7: right. Thank you. Yep. Thanks
5: for having me. Appreciate it. All right. There we go. Talia Von Ohoff in Oregon State women's basketball. Uh, I would categorize her as probably pissed right now. They've lost two or three, but they also haven't had their best post player. She's been knocked out with a broken nose. To me, Gardner's been really good for them. But Stanford comes to town; it's always a massive game, given Stanford and all of their history.
4: This is definitely the time to to start to if you're not quite the you know college basketball fan like normally get into it. Now. This
5: is when you dive this in. This is right? when
4: yes. you got to get
1: into it. So this can is they the... take down Cameron Brink, who's from Oregon? <laughs> well. Mm.
5: You know, I've I've said this before, and I'm, I'm I'm like legitimately serious here. The women's tournament is going to be better
1: than the men's. The win, women's basketball has more household brand names. It's got than more men's juice. Basketball.
5: Yes, the men are one and duns. Sometimes they're players that just don't really care to do all that much. The women
1: tend to st- when they do transfer, they tend to stay put where they transfer. It's not yeah constant revolving doors. Yes, they're able to build some brands.
5: Uh, NFL Combine Chatter. Let's start diving into that a little bit. Some uh, newsmakers are giving thoughts on what's going on. At the top of the hour, a player in the NFL that you know the name, and I think it's a massive story that's not getting enough coverage. And I'll tell you why at the top of the hour. we got status Story and John Keim at 8.30 of ESPN. All that is ahead. Dirt and
6: Spray on the fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import Chicago, Illinois.
1: It's crunch time. Let's go! Where dirt and spray crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the
5: pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at
1: Eastmoreland. Crunch time. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. With memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your crunch time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com.
5: Our thanks again to Talia Von O'Hoffen, Oregon State Women's Hoops, Uh, We will get to status story. John Kime covering Washington for ESPN. The commander's on the clock at number two. Get his thoughts on Merrill Hodge saying Drake May sucks. Not even a first-round or second-round guy. He's a third-round grade for Merrill Hodge. Not
4: athletic enough,
5: apparently. Uh, No, throwing motion's awful. So we'll pick his brain. I want to kind of go through the top five teams. Chicago talked yesterday at the Combine basically said what they want to do, but they can't fully say it, you know? It was one of those, like, whoa, well, we'll see what happens with Justin. If we'll try to take care of him, if that happens, like, ah, I know what you're going to do. Come on. Uh, so we'll get to that coming up uh, in the second or the final hour of the show. But, uh, and oh, an NFL name that you know, really good player, not getting enough attention for this reason in the NFL. And I'll tell you who that is at the top of the hour. Uh, we have some Combine stuff to get to. We got some Justin Herbert audio. Justin Herbert was on the Trey Wingo Chase Daniels podcast. Chasing It is what the podcast is called. A random one. but Are they, you a listener of the Chase Daniel Trey Wingo pod? I, I am not, but podcasts are like a-holes. Everybody has one. That's so. very true. Yeah. Uh, and they got this one. This was Justin Herbert. Uh, his reaction to getting Jim Harbaugh as his new coach.
6: Yeah, fired up. He's done such a a great job at the NFL level, college level. He's he's had success wherever he goes. And, you know, he's a competitor. He wants to
5: win. And I'm I'm really excited to play for him.
3: What were your first conversations with him?
5: Yeah, I'm just talking about the
4: offense,
3: his
1: vision for what the team looks like, offense, defense. From the the times that I have talked to him, he, he seems like a competitor. He just wants to win. And that's definitely a guy you want to play for. When did we start doing music in audio cuts? I don't know. It was uh club chasing it, apparently. It,
5: yeah, uh, It's probably their Twitter account sent that out Something and that like cut that. went viral. What
1: are we chasing in? That? That, that's what I'm curious. What are we chasing in that uh, podcast?
5: You're chasing the franchise quarterback. If you, you get go. one,
1: you, you've, you've succeeded.
5: Chasing the dragon, baby. Yeah. Chasing the dragon. you damn right you do. That's why it's Will Ferrell's tattoo on his back. He's got a tattoo of, of every animal of woman that he's... <laughs> Had sex with That's What You're Doing If You're an NFL GM. Uh, I I said this when they hired Harbaugh, and I'm going to repeat it because you're a diehard Charger fan now, Swag. By the way, Stephen Jones wants you to know their culture. Everything in Dallas is fantastic. Culture's great. The right <laughs> leaders are on the team. Can they keep
4: giving statements by Stephen Jones instead of Jerry? <laughs> he sounds a little bit more put together than
5: his old daddy. I think he's going to. There's a real stench that Steven becomes a little bit of Jerry, and I used to think that too, and then I've seen how they've been operating. Uh, I think he thinks Harbaugh is a weirdo, and he can't say it because it's his coach, but nothing strikes me as normal with Jim Harbaugh, and for Justin Herbert, who's from Eugene Horkin, a Jim Harbaugh is an interesting experience, I would imagine. You think that, I mean, He Jim Harbaugh's a little bit on the
4: spectrum, right? He's obviously a tiny bit autistic. Is he football autistic?
5: Like he only operates in the world but of think, football?
1: Probably. But I think as a former NFL quarterback, I think if he goes into Jim's office and they talk offensive scheme they will both nerd out like nobody's business i tend to agree the off the field stuff and his quirkiness and whatever that's all fine and dandy but when they're in the qb room putting a script in the first 15 plays they're probably two peas in a pod.
4: Yeah, Herbert's a football guy. And as far as like trying to develop a quarterback, he's obviously the best hire you could have made in this cycle because of all that experience. And Herbert working with two different defense, well, sorry, one running back space coach and then one defensive coach in his career so far. There's no way that you're going to get that connection as a rookie that you need. This is a much better situation for Herbie.
5: As we continue to go down, the draft will happen. Then it'll be a lull spot and then it's camp, right? I'll be curious to see Greg Roman and Jim Harbaugh have, are together again. Yeah. I can tell you firsthand, I watched those Niners teams closely, it ain't a quarterback-driven offense. And ask Lamar Jackson, it's we're going to run and we're not going to develop a passing game the same as other places. That's not Herbert to me. And so we'll have to see how all of this evolves and develops. Uh, we had Mike McDonald, the new coach of the Seattle Seahawks, He's probably an in Indy now, but he sat down with Fox 13 in Seattle and he was asked about his quarterback spot. This is what he had to say. Yeah, that's a tough question. And it's one that I probably can't answer right now. But, um, you know, we're doing a lot of work on those guys. And I've had conversations just to get to know them and just to understand who they are as people and their background and, you know, you know, goals and what their family's like and where they're from. You know, I didn't know anything about them, you know, coming into this whole thing. So right now we're in the phase of figuring out who they are. And obviously, you know, one or two or both. You know would fit into our plans moving forward, but um, you know right now we probably don't have that answer for you. Schneider pretty you know uncommitted to Gino yesterday said yeah yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens and does it smell like they're getting rid of Gino or does this smell like drafting a quarterback and letting Gino go one more year? What does it smell like to you right now?
1: I, I think it smells like trying to find another Russell Wilson in the second or third round. A little Russ. Oh, early rust. Yeah,
5: I smell Mr. Yeah. Early rust. Early baby unlimited? Yes. Okay.
1: I guess it was bubbles. baby limited. Nano at that bubbles point. rust.
5: Oh, nano bubbles. Yeah, wait. Yeah, wind's blowing that way. Feels yeah. like it could be going that way. Yeah, this situation that
4: the Seahawks are in right now. No. It's no. Wh- What's it smell like, oh. Scholzie? It smells like smells like a second or third round quarterback because oh. Because a delightful sense. It is because the Seahawks in general, I feel like, have a delightful scent coming from their organization. The mm. reason being John Schneider is a great GM in that he puts contingency plans into place. So two or three years down the road, they're not totally screwed like the New England Patriots are right now. Now, Geno Smith kind of on the fence, at least with keeping him or not, at least he offers stability at that position. And it allows Coach McDonald to come in and you know, be, all right. I'm going to look at here, see what I got. I'd be comfortable going forward with him. A playoff appearance, two, nine, and eight seasons. He's the stability option. But is he the take you over the top option? No. And I think that's obvious in not only his contract, but the comments that we just heard from Coach. So
5: if you guys are saying second, third round, who is that? Because after the four or five guys you name, you kind of start going Spencer Ratliff. Well, where does Penix fall? So is Penix a real play for you because of oh, Grub, no.
1: or is that just we're connecting certainly, the Seattle dots too much?
5: Because
1: uh, well, I think sometimes I think we do do that. Certainly, he understands him and knows how to. He's going to know the offense. He's like gonna he's going to come offense, in and know the offense instantly. So certainly, that helps. I don't know that I simply because they got Grub that that's a no brainer and you have to have Penix fall. Mm -hmm. You never know if he goes – I mean, if he dazzles people at the combine and all the medical information uh, gives people more confidence that there's not something that is going to be lingering and constant in an NFL career, Mm. uh, then if somebody falls in love with them at the end of the first round, you never know. But if he's there in the second round and the Seahawks got – Somebody in the first round that they wanted. I assume a, a defensive lineman. Needed, yeah, a defensive lineman. I could totally see him taking penics.
5: uh Somebody asking this: Does it smell like Bo to Seattle? Let's all lean in. Let's. I don't think Bo gets out of the first round.
1: Yeah, I don't think they can pull. That and round. I don't think the Seahawks really? are taking a quarterback in the first round unless they Not make a at. deal to give them multiple. Like if they come back in at the end of the first round because Bo's falling, and mm-hmm. they like, oh we can get him at 28 or something if we trade up. Let's go.
4: Yeah, because of the situation they're in, I feel like it's more comfortable for Schneider to be like, ah, look at Michael Pratt, maybe. You know, Milton, who actually started overhanded hooker, you know, before he went down Milton's with injury. terrible. Yeah, Come but, on, he's but, terrible. I hear you, but these are the level that, the, the, if you're talking second, third, fourth round, like, what, Sam Hartman? Then those, Not a bad guy from Notre Dame. Not great, yeah, but yeah.
5: that's what you're looking at. And maybe a Hartman, like, I mean, it was kind of the year of the random quarterback, right? Brock Sperry being Mr. Element, getting to a Super Bowl, but I don't know, man. I I
1: god, it's such a crapshoot. Because it falls off fast. It does. It, yeah. Spencer Rattler's there. I think the biggest wild card is uh the Tulane quarterback. Like he put up stupid yeah, numbers, Pratt, yeah. but it was at Tulane. So how real are those? I don't know. <laughs> you know the hard part about this.
5: They don't know. Well, and, Hart- and if they
1: don't know, I
4: sure as hell don't Hartman know. Hartman was at Wake Forest and was successful it was before fantastic. he transferred to Notre yes. Dame. So
5: I feel like sneaky
4: good name, eh, third, fourth round guy, like go for Hartman. Is Why Hartman- not give him a shot? But
5: let me ask you, and we'll go to this, the final hour. Is Hartman going to feel like a real future quarterback prospect, or are you going to view him as like uh, as a Seahawks fan? Would you go, yeah, maybe, but not very committed to it. Like, How would you view that? Because I think it'd be the latter. Unless they're just third round draft pick on a quarterback, that's our guy. It's hard to find guys at that point, but
4: that's our guy. I mean, you're asking me this, and I've got the opinion that they shouldn't have drafted a defensive guy last year and just taken Richardson and moved on from Geno Smith, but now they're in the Witherspoon position. Witherspoon was really
5: good, though. He is, but they're looking at less talented quarterbacks, as you're saying, for uh, the future now. But, but they ha- they they hired the best defensive coach on the market, yep. right, according to most. I know Dan Quinn got hired, but Mac, Mike McDonald was looked at very, you know, with a lot of uh, optimism if you can go load up on defensive line, get an actual pass rush that isn't just Nwosu, You've got Witherspoon, Reek, Woolen. They, they've got you know they've got some parts. It's not that far to say Seattle's defense could be a top what unit next year based on just their coach. I mean, at least top ten. It's just because of the yeah, well, units if you got in, a top ten coaching. defense in the NFL, you're going to be in a conversation. It doesn't mean you win a Super Bowl. And then you get to that point, like sometimes team building isn't, it's not the NBA. It's not, we got to suck for two years and wait for the quarterback. It's, we're going to be good. And we're going to be good with this guy that you don't really believe in until we can find truly the next guy, whether that's a Hartman or a Penix or a Bo Nix. I tend to believe Nix will also get taken in the first round. If Penix falls to you, I mean, that's kind of a fun story if you're a Husky Seahawk fan. I don't know if it's going to succeed, because the NFL's not college. You but, take it because of the storyline, absolutely. Yeah, and he's going to come in and not have to go, oh, i got to study the playbook super hard. He's going to, but he's already going to have an idea of what the general concepts are of the offense. So... We'll see. Seattle seems very on the fence on Geno, but it's also smokescreen season, so it's hard to believe these guys. Loaded final hour. Statter story around the corner. John Kime covering the Commanders. What are they going to do at number 2 if Caleb goes off the board? But we start the final hour with this name in the NFL, with this team. You know him, and it needs to be covered more what's happening because it's pretty interesting when you think about the landscape of the National
0: Football League. Final hour of the show. Dirt and Spray on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,